today is the 20th Sunday after Trinity Sunday, and it is also the festival day of St. Ignatius of Antioch, Bishop and Martyr. And the Gospel reading appointed for this day is taken from the 12th chapter of St. John's Gospel, beginning with the 24th verse. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who loses his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. These words of our Lord were spoken after St. Andrew and St. Philip came to him on behalf of certain Greeks who had come to Jerusalem for the feast. It was to St. Philip that they said, Sir, we would see Jesus. When these apostles had spoken this request to our Lord, we read that Jesus replied, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die it bringeth forth much fruit. Our Lord's reply to the coming of the Greeks was to speak of his death, for it was through his death and resurrection that his church would have life. The time was at hand for the gospel to be proclaimed to all nations. When our Lord spoke of the corn of wheat, he spoke these words concerning himself. But insofar as the sufferings of the martyrs and confessors are not their own sufferings, but are to the glory of Christ. So the words speak of that which is worked in them. Where there are those who by faith have their hope in, of salvation in the Christ, there are those who are called to testify and live out th this hope by their suffering and death. St. Paul often taught the church concerning the afflictions which, affliction which accompanies faithfulness. We hear in the words of his epistle to the Romans, of that great consolation which abides with those who thus suffer. For he wrote, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The victory, which is credited to us on account of our being baptized into the Christ, is a vital point for our understanding, that we may understand that what the world is seeking is to persecute the Christ, who has accomplished the victory, which is our hope of salvation. St. Paul wrote to the Colossians that he was a minister of the gospel of Christ. He was thus one who now rejoices in my suffering for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh, for his body's sake, which is the church. The sense is that of which we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. As we receive all good things by the grace of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, our salvation is of Christ, and the persecution which is worked upon our bodies comes to us as that which the enemies of God pour out in their rage against the Christ. We have our consolation in Christ Jesus, 
for we are adopted as sons of God through our baptism into Christ Jesus. And thus the Father of mercies, the God of all comforts, is the one upon whom we call in prayer, our Father. Is he who, as St. Paul wrote, comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. The Lord knows that which we endure. For the Christ bore affliction, suffering, persecution, and death in his own body. These were the afflictions suffered by the Holy One for the sake of sinners, the innocent one for the sake of the guilty, the sinless Son of God for the disobedient sons of Adam. Because of the work of the Christ, we, through faith in him, are at peace with God. And being at peace with God, we are at enmity with the world. We are soldiers, perpetually in a state of war. And in this warfare, we endure hardship, suffering, affliction, and sometimes even persecution unto death. And in this, St. Paul wrote, And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. Now today the Church observes the festival day of St. Ignatius of Antioch. It is therefore a day of name, for the seminary of this diocese. St. Ignatius was an early soldier in this great conflict in the latter days of this fallen world, for he belonged to that generation which followed that of the holy apostles, and as one of the first bishops, indeed one who had known St. John the Apostle. His enduring legacy has been of profound significance to the Church. In his time, the act, an active persecution of the Church by the Roman authorities was underway. And though the traditions vary regarding the specific circumstances which drew the attention of Emperor Trajan to the bishop, it is recorded that it was during his reign that Ignatius was to undergo martyrdom. After having been condemned to death, Ignatius was being transported to Rome when he wrote his epistles. Concerning his coming martyrdom, St. Ignatius wrote to the church in Rome as follows, Our work, he wrote, is not in persuasion, for Christianity is most powerful when it is hated by the world. It is as we hear our Lord's words in John, the twelfth chapter. He who loves his life shall lose it, and he who hates his life in this world shall keep it for eternal life. It was thus that St. Ignatius wrote to the Romans, Let me become food for the wild beasts, for through them I will reach God. I am God's wheat, and I am ground by the teeth of wild beasts, in order to become the pure bread of Christ. St. Ignatius, bishop and martyr, testified to his faith in these words unto death. It was thus that he wrote to the Romans, I take no pleasure in the food of corruption or in the delights of this life. I want the bread of God, which is the flesh of Christ, the seed of David. For my drink I want his blood, which is everlasting love. And when he wrote to the Smyrnians, he wrote with horror of those who denied the Incarnation, and the bodily presence of our Lord in the sacrament. For he wrote as follows, What good is it if a man prays me, but blasphemes my Lord, denying that he came in the flesh? Anyone who denies this has absolutely denied him, and he is a walking corpse. They abstain from the Eucharist in prayer, and they deny that the Eucharist is the very flesh of our Savior Jesus Christ, who suffered for our sins and who was raised up by the Father in his goodness. Those who speak against this good gift of God are dead in their descent. It would be better for them to have love, so they might also rise again. 
so far St. Ignatius. For the things of this world are perishing, but the Holy Sacrament of the altar gives life and salvation, the forgiveness of sins, to us as we eat and drink in faith, firmly believing in our Lord who has redeemed us. As the world seeks to tear away all worldly comforts and supports from us, our hearts and our minds are best clarified by relying more and more on Christ alone. Ignatius understood that his suffering was not his justification. His salvation was in Christ alone. For he wrote, From Syria to Rome I fight with wild beasts, by land and by sea, by night and by day. I am chained to these ten soldiers like so many leopards, who only become worse when treated kindly. Through their cruelty I become a more perfect disciple, yet I am not justified by this. Our Lord declared, He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. This is beyond our flesh and blood. Our natural affection is for the things of this fallen world. It is the Holy Spirit who opens our eyes to behold this fallen world for what it is, and who works a faith in us which trusts in Christ and desires that which is pleasing to the Lord. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. It's thus that St. Paul provides a fairly comprehensive list of some of the things which we most naturally fear and from which we would flee. In our weakness, we know dread, even terror, when confronted with such things. And our flesh would cling to the world and would flee suffering and loss. And far from feeling like conquerors, we fear being vanquished by the world. Enduring famine, nakedness, peril, sword, tribulation, distress, or persecution may make a better disciple of one who is already justified by grace through faith in the Christ. But we are not justified by such things. Our life is in Christ, knowing his atonement for our sins, which is testified to by his holy word. The Lord of heaven and earth bore our sins and endured betrayal, suffering, and death for us. Even the things which we often take for granted in this world he lived without. For the Lord declared, The foxes have holds, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. We, filled with our anxieties for the needs of, this, of the moment, and fears for the coming troubles, have our consolation in the one who has delivered us out of death, and we have our consolation, therefore, in Christ. For it is he who is risen again from the dead, and in whom we have the hope of everlasting life. It is thus that we read, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors. Here's a construction that appears only here in Holy Scripture, speaking of the overwhelming victory which is ours through Christ Jesus our Lord. At the moment when the world looks at us as defeated, we know ourselves to be victorious in Christ. For the world is not the judge. That belongs to the creator of heaven and earth, who in the fullness of time became man and dwelt among us, and who has redeemed us through the shedding of his blood for us. To keep our life for eternal life is a precious gift of God, who graciously calls us to serve him as a fruit of faith.
In this, the example of the martyrs has much to teach us. To endure all, and to know that any glory in such things is not ours, but Christ's, is a gift from the Lord. By the grace of God, we believe in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our God, who died and rose again for us and for our salvation, so that in the midst of all the trials of this fallen world, we would never lose hope, but would always have consolation and peace in him. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, behold our weakness and the sorrows of thy people, and as thou didst grant the consolation of thy Holy Spirit to St. Ignatius in his time of affliction, for thy name's sake, so uphold us in our generation, through our Lord Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to visit them today for the 10 a.m. worship service. Sunday school falls immediately after the divine service, and we are currently studying St. Peter's first epistle. On Wednesday, we will observe, transferred, the festival of St. Luke the Evangelist, and we will do so with the matins at 11 a.m., and we invite you to join us for that matins. Salem is affiliated with the Evangelical Lutheran Diocese of North America, and we invite you to learn more about our diocese by visiting our website, www.eldona.org. These broadcasts are provided to the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.